The sermon title is The Power of Prayer and Worship. And if you have your Bibles, we're looking at Acts chapter 16, and we're going to be reading from 16 to 34. So Acts 16, 16 to 34. And this is what God's Word says. Once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At the moment, the spirit left her. When the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates, ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword, and he was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds, then immediately he and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house, set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this passage. We thank you, Lord, for what is contained in this passage. It's not just a story. It's not just words written on a paper. This is real life for real people. And God, we pray in this moment that this message would be real to each of us, that your word would speak to each of us, and that you, God, would continue to lead this sermon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The book of Acts is very exciting, has many different stories, and it is an exciting uh, book because there's a lot going on. Before this story takes place in the book of Acts, we know that Jesus has come. And we have read in the Gospels that Jesus came preaching, teaching the Gospel and the Good News. And in the book of Acts, he says to his disciples that he is going to go. And so Jesus ascends into heaven. And he promised the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. And the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not a force or a thing. He is a real person. And if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And this is a great truth to know, because when Jesus was on earth, he was with his people. But when he left, the Holy Spirit come, which means the Holy Spirit now lives in each of us. And so, in is better than with, as some preachers have said. And so now God is present with us all the time. Wherever you go, God is present because the Holy Spirit lives in you and me. And the gift of the Holy Spirit is he leads us, he guides us, 
He convicts us of truth. He reminds us of Jesus' words. And so you never are really alone because God is always with us. And that's a great truth to remember as we think about this passage. And so in Acts, we learn that the Holy Spirit is the one guiding the church, guiding the people. And we have two men, Paul and Silas, doing the work of God. And verse 16 of, of your Bible says, and the Bible says that one day when they were going to the place of prayer, the Bible says, we, and why does it say we? Uh, Luke is the one writing this story. He was a Gentile physician, so that's why he says we. And it says that while they were going to prayer, a slave girl was there, and she had a spirit that gave her the ability to predict the future. And so she would come up to these men, and she would say, these are servants of the Most High God, and they're telling you how to be saved. Now, how was it that this girl was able to tell the future? Unfortunately, she had what's called an evil spirit, which is a demon, and demons are fallen angels. We have to understand that God created the universe, everything was good, and angels have the ability to be on God's side or fall. And if they fall, they become a demon. They come against the Lord. And they are joining with Satan and his work to turn followers against the Lord. And this is real. We have to understand there's the physical world where we can see things. I see light, I see chairs, I see people. But we also have something what's called the spiritual world, which is not seen. It's an unseen world, but it is more real than the physical world. And so in those days, it was very common for fortune telling to happen by Greek and Roman culture. And the owners were taking advantage of this slave girl. She was possessed by a spirit. And the second question is, how come the evil spirit was telling the truth? She kept saying, day after day, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Well, that was true information. The evil spirit was not lying. Paul and Silas were preaching and teaching the gospel. And what we have to understand is evil spirits know the truth. James chapter 2.19 says that even the demons believe that there is one God. However, the problem here is the truth was coming from an evil force. And so in this passage, the men were going to pray, and yet every time they went to pray, she came and she shouted. And here's an important truth for us to learn in our own Christian walk as we think about our walk with the Lord. Number one is when you want to do good, evil will try to hinder you. When you are trying to do good, evil will sometimes try to hinder you. Have you ever noticed that when you want to do something right, Sometimes someone or something might come against you. And in this story, they were going to go pray. And she's the one that came up to them and kept shouting the different information. Sometimes in my own personal life, when I'm trying to read my Bible, I'm saying to the Lord, this morning I'm going to read my Bible. All of a sudden a phone call comes in. Have you ever noticed that for yourself? Sometimes I'm trying to find information about um, things for my sermon. Then all of a sudden the internet is down. Sometimes I'm trying to contact somebody in our church family, and all of a sudden some issue comes up for me. Or maybe you work somewhere, and you're trying to resolve an issue at work, and you find out somebody is gossiping about you. Or maybe you're making some great progress in your marriage, and then some issue comes up and is causing your marriage to go in the wrong direction. Or maybe you've been doing well physically. Your health has been fine. You've been doing well. You've been feeling strong. And all of a sudden, the sickness has come up. For me personally, I've been sick the last two weeks, which is a very long stretch for me. Normally, I don't get sick that long. And, you know, so sometimes as you are trying to do good things, some things, evil things can come up against us. 
And evil is trying to come against us at all times because he wants to slow us down. This was the case with Paul and Silas. Evil is like somebody, you're, you're doing your best, you're doing all you can for your family, for your, for your work, for, for God, and then an evil situation comes up like somebody at work tells a lie about you when you know it's not true. This was the case with Paul and Silas. They were doing the right thing. They were going to pray. And then this girl comes up, an evil spirit comes up and shouts to them. We need to recognize in our life that when you are trying to do what is right, evil will try to hinder you. And in verse 18, it says that Paul was very troubled by this girl. And this word troubled means he was provoked. He was irked by her. And so he says to the spirit, he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And in that moment, the spirit left her. Now, why did Paul wait until now to command the spirit to come out of her? Why didn't he do it before? It had been days of this going on. Well, one reason could be because he didn't want anybody to think that he was working with her. She was the vessel of evil, and Paul and Silas were working for good. So if he had agreed with her, then some people might think that Paul and Silas were with her, and the case was what they're not with her. Evil and good do not mix, period. And so he had to be very careful. But after a while, he decides to take action. And when he did, God overcame this demonic power. And the same applies to your life. When you're dealing with a demonic power or an evil spirit in your life, do not do it in your own power, but you have to make a choice. And this is point number two. Call on Jesus Christ to help you put an end to the work of evil. Amen? Never confront an evil power, evil spirit, or a problem in your life in your own power. You need to call upon Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is all-powerful. He has all authority. And he gives us the authority to be able to confront evil or demonic powers. Amen? This means, for example, if you find that your children one day comes home and they're acting up. And you're like, what is this? This is not my kid. How many parents have had that situation where their child comes home? And you're like, why are they yelling at me? And why are they screaming at me? And why are they acting like this? And you're not sure what happens. Because we have to understand as kids go to school, they're exposed to all sorts of things there. Other children. Other children's parents. We don't know what conversations they have when they're there. All we can know is we pray for them in advance before they leave the door, which is a very good practice to do. But when your child goes to school, they're exposed to so many different things, so many different conversations, and so many kids that are confused because parents are confused as well. And so if your child comes home one day and they're acting up and you're thinking, this isn't my child, we need to exercise the power that God has given us and say, in the name of Jesus, I pray that my children will be used by God and be set apart for the Lord. Because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you have a marriage and your marriage is giving you problems, maybe you can say this. In the name of Jesus, your word says in Matthew 19.6, So they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. If you're struggling with an addiction or something in your life, we can say in the name of Jesus, the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's 2 Corinthians 3.17. Maybe you're dealing with a situation in your life where you're feeling like everybody's always attacking you. People are giving you negative comments about yourself, and it's affecting your self-esteem and your confidence in God. 
and you're starting to believe these negative comments that people are saying, and you're thinking that you can't do anything. Well, we have in God's word, it says in Philippians 4.13, that we can say in the name of Jesus, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. We have to understand that when we are going against evil, when we are dealing with evil or demonic powers, and this is the spiritual realm, we cannot do it on our own power. But Jesus Christ plus you equals power. Do not let evil make you afraid, make you cause you to go into a state of worry or a state of fear. Because we need to understand 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is he, that's Christ that's in us, than he that is in this world. And 1 John 5, 4 says, Everyone who is born of God overcomes this world. And so Paul and Silas understood that this was the time to confront this evil power. So when Paul called on Jesus to cast the demon out, the demon left her. And the people should have been rejoicing. This is great. A slave girl has been free. Amen? But what happens in this story? We read that because she no longer has this power, they begin to complain. And they take Paul and Silas to the city. And they said, the stability of the city is now at stake because of what Paul and Silas were doing. And the word of God says, Paul and Silas were treated terribly. They shouldn't have received such treatment because they actually were Roman citizens. But the word of God says they were dragged. The crowd was against them. They were stripped. They were flogged, thrown into prison without trial. And when they were in prison, their feet was fastened in the stocks. This meant... Back in those days when you were put in a stop, it would cause extreme discomfort. Because it meant that in order to sleep, you'd have to either lie down or sit up. This is probably why they were actually awake in the story. And here's what I want to say to you in point three as you think about, as you look to do God's work and to do right. Even when you do what is right, you may face more trouble. The people should have been happy that the girl that was in bondage was free. But instead, their response was more trouble. And here's the thing we have to think about. Why does it seem like the more right we do in life, the more trouble we face? Think about that question. How come the more we help someone, the more we are attacked? The more I treat my spouse the way the Bible tells me to treat my spouse, the more issues I have to deal with. The more I try to get my life together, the more I have to face more challenging situations. The more as a pastor that I try to help people, the more attacks I receive as a minister. Why does it seem like the more right we do, the more trouble we face as a Christian? Paul and Silas, they were doing the right thing. And now the city, the crowd were against them. And they were physically abused. And they were put into prison. This doesn't seem right. You might be where Paul and Silas is in your own life. You've been doing the right thing. You've been, you know, reading God's word. You've been praying for people. You've been helping people in need. You're doing your best in your marriage. You're doing your best as a parent. You're doing your best in different situations. Instead of experiencing good things, you're experiencing a lot of pushback. And here's what I want to tell you. Can I tell you something? If you are experiencing pushback in your life for doing what is right, then guess what? You are on the right track. You're on the right track. Here's why. Evil, Satan, does not want to see you win. So as you continue to do good for God, he pushes back. He pushes back. And he pushes back to the point where he tries to wear us out. Wear you and I out. So that we get to the point that if we are worn out, we will say, 
I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be a follower of Christ anymore. I don't want to do good anymore to people. I don't want to help people anymore. I don't want to give to the Lord anymore. Because every time I'm doing good, something evil or something terrible is pushing back against me. But this is actually a sign that you are on the right track. And so you need to understand that Satan comes against those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus because he knows that if we have our faith and trust in Jesus, we will live a victorious life. We will live a victorious life. You see, he's already lost his opportunity. The word of God is very clear in the future about his destiny. And so his, his job now is to make everybody who is a Christian either drop out or be a miserable Christian. And God's word calls us to be a Christian of joy despite what we are going through. And so he spends a lot of time trying to bring us down. And this is the breaking point for most Christians. When you are doing what is right and you're being mistreated for doing what is right, how do you respond? How do you respond? And I'd like us to take a look at what Paul and Silas were doing in jail. Verse 25. About midnight, Paul, Silas, were praying, singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Think about this. They were awake, and they were praying and singing hymns to God. Why are these faithful Christians praying? And singing hymns to God in a time of fire. In a time of heartache. This apparently seems to be the theme, if you look at the Bible. Apparently it seems to be the theme of strong and faithful Christians. That in a time of trial, they are singing and praising and praying to God. And so during a time of testing and trial, they have decided they are going to resort to prayer and worship. And you know what, church? When we are put in the line of fire... When you are being tested for doing what is right, how do you respond? How do you respond? Paul and Silas, they're not complaining. They're not grumbling. They're not even plotting a revenge against the people that have mistreated them. It doesn't even say that they were angry. It says that they were praying and singing hymns to God. And that's point number four. When you are in trouble, this is the time to pray and worship God. Amen? Why are they worshiping and praising God? Because these Christians know they have no power in themselves to fix the problem that they are in. And so they need to call on the God who is able. They they need to call on the God who is able to help them, just like they called on Jesus to cast out the demon from the girl. And in our own time of trouble, in our own time of fire, in our own time of testing, will we be like Paul and Silas? Can we praise and pray to God in our times of trouble? And there is power in prayer because the word of God says that when we pray, God hears and he answers. God hears and he answers. And there's also power in worshiping God in times of trouble. What is worship anyways? It's giving praise to God. It's an attitude of giving ourselves to the Lord. It's surrendering to God. And one of the ways we worship God is through singing. That's why we encourage all of you to come to church on time. Please don't walk in 10, 15, 20 minutes late. Don't just come for the time of God's word. Come for the time of worship. Come for the time for singing to God. Because when we sing to God, we forget about our problems. We forget about our challenges. And we begin to focus again back on the one who is able to help us through our challenges. If you know somebody who's a Christian and says, you know, I don't like the worship on Sunday, so I just come to the message, tell them that's not good enough. That's not good enough. 
If you're going to be a hardcore Christian, come on time to the house of God and hear God's singing and hear God's praise so that you and I would be transformed so that we are ready to hear the word. The worship time is actually a setup to hear God's word with the right attitude. With the right attitude. So this is an important piece for us as Christians. Besides, think about this. When God sees his people praising him in times of fire, he understands you get it. You're not this Christian that just praises him when things are well. You are a solid rock Christian. You are a solid rock Christian that praises God in all things. You don't live by how you feel, but you live according to the word and promises of God. Amen? And so when you and I start to to live by who our God is, then you and I will praise God in all circumstances. That we're going to praise God. The praise God Christians, they think like Paul and Silas. They think like this. I just lost my job, but I'm going to praise God. I'm I'm having a hard time with my marriage, but I'm going to praise God. I'm waiting on God for something to happen in my life. I'm going to praise God. Somebody mistreated mistreated me this past week. I'm going to praise God. I'm struggling with things in my life, but I'm going to praise God. I was supposed to be promoted at work. Somebody else got it, but I'm going to praise God. My health is not doing well, but I'm going to praise God. And you know what, church? When we praise God, God's word, it just so happens to say that when we praise God, when we worship the Lord, when we pray, things actually happen. The word of God says in this story, an earthquake happened, the prison doors opened, and the prison chains went loose. And this is verse 26 and point number 5. When you pray and worship God, God can take what was keeping you in bondage and make you loose. Make you loose. Think about this for a moment. Think about your life for a moment. Maybe just maybe. Some things that are keeping you trapped. The things that are keeping you in bondage. The things that are keeping you down. Maybe just maybe they would come loose if you and I would pray and praise God. Pray and praise God. If you and I would just open our mouth and acknowledge the God we serve. And say, Lord, thank you for being my God. Thank you for dying and rising on the third day. Thank you for being my provider. Thank you for being my refuge. Thank you for being my strength. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you for being there when I'm down and when I'm up. Thank you for being my constant in my life and not just away with me, but always with me. Being my hiding place. When Paul and Silas praised and praised to God, they became loose in their situation. Maybe we would be free from our situations if we would pray and praise God. Maybe. Something to think about. What would happen if we would make praise and worship part of our life and not just during the good times? Not just during the good times. One thing for sure, it would give Satan a hard time to to keep attacking us. What are you supposed to do with somebody who is always praising God in the good and the bad? After a while, the Bible says in James 4, he probably would have to, it says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And a good way to resist the devil is just open your mouth and praise God and pray to him. Word of God says, after they were loose, the jailer was about to kill himself because he thought all the prisoners were loose. And Paul says to him, don't do it. Don't do it. And then the jailer says, what do I need to do to be saved? They spoke the word to him and they said, all you have to do is believe. And verse 32 says, Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. 
And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. You know what, church? Paul and Silas could have ran. They were free. They could have said, forget about this guy. But their actions to the jailer remind us of point number six. In all circumstances, God wants us to do what is right to all people. Paul and Silas told the jailer the good news. And because of this, their family and himself was baptized and converted. And they had a meal and they celebrated. And verse 34 says, the jailer brought them to the house, had a meal with them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. I don't know about you, but for me, this is a fantastic story. A slave girl is free. A demon was casted out of her. Paul and Silas are free. And now a jailer and his family are converted to God. Converted to God. Who would have known all of this would have happened in all of all the trouble and all the things that came against them. But God's word says in Romans 8:31, if God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? If you're going through something right now that you don't understand, and it possibly is an evil or demonic situation, as we think about this story, God has something special in store for you, in store for the person who might be attacking you, and for your family altogether. May we be reminded of the truth of this sermon today as we think about our situations. And let's take the approach that Paul and Silas took. Let's pray, and let's also praise God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you indeed for this word. We thank you, God, that your word is strong. Your word is powerful. We thank you, Lord, that in all circumstances, in all situations, your word says to give thanks. In all circumstances. Not when I feel good. Not when my bank is healthy. When I'm not sick. You say your word to give thanks in all circumstances. We pray in the name of Jesus that that would be our attitude for all situations. We pray in the name of Jesus that we would remember the power we have through prayer and through worship. And that when we worship God, we remember the God we serve. And so I thank you for your people that are here. I thank you, God, for what you have spoken. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help us to remember the words that have been spoken here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.